Welcome everyone to the Nerd Journey Podcast, episode number 88. We're joining you every week to talk IT career progression and bring you the advice we wish we'd been given earlier on in our careers. I'm your host, John White, at BJourneyman on Twitter, joined by my co-host, Nick Cordy, at NetworkNerd underscore. Hey, Nick, how's it going? Hey, John, I'm doing lovely. We are both pre-sales technical engineers with backgrounds in IT operations. We hope our career discussions will be vendor neutral, relevant across disciplines, and remain timeless. If you're enjoying our content, please drop us a positive review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you subscribe. And if you want to get in touch with us, tweet or DM at Nerd Journey. Ultimately, we're just two nerds on a journey. A journey to virtual enlightenment. So let's take a trip. Awesome, Nick. Hey, uh, this week we're talking to Yadin Porter de Leon. Um, I feel like I've been listening to him on podcasts, you know, around the uh, virtual community, VMware community for years. And I just didn't know his background. So I'm, I'm glad we were able to ask him about that. Yeah, very interesting background. It's always fun to talk about how people got started and how their previous experiences affect what they do now, how it all comes together and they expand their range, as David Epstein likes to say. But I really enjoyed his discussion of the Level Up Project, talking to us about what that is and and kind of how he got started and, and the genesis of it. But you know what, John, let's not spoil it. It wouldn't be a Nerd Journey interview if it wasn't two parts. So here we go with part one of Yadin Porter Daily. Yadin Porter de Leon, thanks for joining us on the Nerd Journey podcast. John and Nick, you two are pillars of the community. I can't tell you how honored I am to be talking to you right now. That's exactly <laughs> what I say when I don't know who it is that I'm talking to. So I'm gonna, I'm just going to take it that you have no idea who we are. No, okay. So um, yeah, you know, thanks a lot for joining us. Uh, maybe you can talk about, you know, who you are, what it is that you do right now, and then we'll get into maybe a career retrospective. Okay, I'm like one of those people that you know, recruiters have no idea what to do with me. And I saw the job on LinkedIn, and I, I saw the description, you know, at VMware, so I'm at VMware, and I looked at the description, and I've told everyone at the org this, so they've heard this before. I'm like, you guys have no idea what you need this person to do, do you? This is a perfect role for me because I can basically make up whatever I want to, and it's going to be totally exactly what you need. So I am. Um, you know, I actually, I don't have, I'm in, in the marketing org. So just so you know, everyone has to be in a bucket. And just, you know, through this this whole conversation, I'm going to be channeling Amy Lewis. But, uh, and, and a good person know, to channel. Yeah. <laughs> She's, for some reason, I have that spirit animal in me right now. I have the unicorn Amy Lewis spirit animal in me. And um, I am, I'm in a marketing org, though I'm not a classical marketer. I'm very much from regional management, sales alignment, and professional services, which is probably the, the bulk of my tech you know, um, career is really just being at companies like AIG, at Apple, uh, at Dell and VMware, who are my customers as well at another company, and really just being in the department of getting things done. But I took, I, I saw this sort of disconnect in marketing. We're like, let's actually talk about real world scenarios. Let's actually talk about peer to peer. Let's actually create content and stuff with the people we're trying to talk to 
and create it for them, buy them for them. How about that? You know, that's such a crazy idea. It's crazy, but it's so it's so incredibly intuitive for all of those in the virtual community, the V communities, we say, or the IT community to just, you know, hey, if you're going to talk about something like a technology, why don't you talk about someone who actually does it? And for some reason, in many marketing organizations, that gets lost. And you get people who don't even know a sysadmin, don't even know a database admin, don't even know a CIO, and they're creating content for them. And they're like, hey, let's, what do CIOs want? Let's go and talk to Gartner and Forrester and then, you know, and give them $200,000 and then create something with an infographic and you just shove it out on social media. And then it looks great on a PowerPoint. I'm going deep here, guys, just so you know, into the market. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull back now. So I'm pulling back from marketing now and just letting you know kind of how I got here. I won't tell you about my first computer, Commodore 64, but I did have a very high tech leaning when I was young. I was probably 10 years old when I started coding. I started getting excited about AppleSoft Basic and my, my software defined moment, uh, as you were, would be the time where I, I basically took all the AppleSoft Basic and all of the five and a quarter inch floppies at my elementary school. This is dating me, by the way. And I wrote in a line input G dollar sign and, and created basically a password that you had to write into every single program for the entire elementary school. This was like a thousand kids <laughs> and nobody could use any of the software without typing the password. And of course, everyone in this whole school knew exactly who did it because I was the only like, you know, pseudo hacker uh, at the school. And I got in big trouble with the librarian because the librarian had no idea how to fix it. They didn't mm -hmm. know. They couldn't mm -hmm. fix it. They're like, okay, kid, you got to go back, take the little tab off, you know, the tab on the five and a quarter inch floppy. And then oh go my back goodness. into the root and then recode it. I had to recode every program. That was fun. Anyways, so that's you, that's my origin story. <laughs> you, anytime somebody says five and a quarter inch floppy, my question is, did you ever own one of those tools that, that would let you like cut out the tab on a single-sided floppy, and which would turn it into a double-sided floppy? Oh, no. I didn't have the, the punch thing, the little yeah. punch. It's kind of like you know, you know Tom Hanks' character in the Polar Express where he had the, the ticket puncher, but exactly. you had it for a five and a quarter inch, and you just got to yeah. punch. You know, that was that was fun. So from there, those wonderful, you know, humble, you know, beginnings as a little hacker, I was super, super into storytelling. So I vacillated between tech and storytelling. So I, I was super into video production in high school. I went to film school, and then you know there was the dot com crash, um, and uh, I was in San Francisco, and I don't know all the budget dried up for industrials, and I decided, hey, maybe I should work for a tech company that's not going under right now. Uh, and, you know, and there and I've got, you know, MBA in information systems and decided, no, I'm going to go all tech. And, you know, so I have this weird sort of background, but at the same time, it's very bespoke and it's kind of, it's, it's how I fit into places where no one else fits into, where it's like, Hey, we need you to be able to tell stories, do video, do audio, do all this other stuff, but able to talk to, you know, um, you know, from a technical background, like there was probably the most intimidating conversation what happened literally last week were Joe Beta of Kubernetes fame and James Waters of Pivotal. And I'm like, okay, I'm getting them on the podcast. And I have to sound like I actually know what I'm talking about with Joe Beta and James Waters. And then, you know what? I actually didn't screw it up. And after that conversation, I'm like, you know what? I think, I'm, I, think I prepared myself. I think I'm prepared. Nice. I actually want to know, Yadin, how did you make the transition from filmmaker to senior operations manager in the Thomson Reuters days? That's interesting. Oh, wow. You looked at my LinkedIn page, didn't I you? I did. I totally <laughs> LinkedIn stalked you. Uh, well, I went to film school 
And I was I was a documentary filmmaker producer, and I was on this. I was actually making a documentary about the early African voyages from the continent of Africa to the Americas, and this great book called "They Came Before Columbus." And I lost my funding, and literally the next day, this is kismet. The next day, I get a call from a friend who's working in a software company in the legal vertical, <laughs> and just says, "You want to work for the software company?" I'm like. I just lost $250,000 of funding. Yes, I would like to work for the software company. <laughs> and that's that's probably the beginning of this, this software-defined journey is, uh, is, is that day, that 24-hour period. And so that software company got bought by Thomson Reuters, big 80,000-person company um, who was Thomson whatever and then became Thomson Reuters. And I was a small teeny tiny cog in that gigantic machine um, and realized I needed to get out there quick and then moved to another company and like literally two weeks later after I left they you know that software company had been dissolved and, and everyone had was kicked out so anyways there's that answer to your question Nick about you know how I became a part of Thomson Reuters ever so briefly though they did pay for probably half of my MBA education thank you Thomson Reuters for that <laughs> nice nice that was good pro tip Ask your company if they pay for any education. You know, if you're talking about, you know, leveling up your career, education, mm -hmm. ask your company. There's usually like some program, even if it's like just a few bones that they'll throw at you, whether it's certifications or, you know, getting a, you know, a degree. Check with HR first. There's cash to be had. That's so yeah, interesting. That's so hard. you've you've talked about two things, right, that um, I thought, you know, one of the really the things, the motivations we had to, to ask you to come on, which is, you know, leveling up. So you're uh, one of the founders of the Level Up Project or the founder of the Level Up Project. Thank you for that plug, John. Founder of Level Up, you know, principal and founder of the Tech Village Media uh, LLC and uh, founder of the Level Up Project, which is uh, uh, launching 2020 V-Trail Map this year. Virtually, very exciting. Sponsor TBD. We have a sponsor. It's, you know, the reveal's happening soon. Check Twitter. Nice. Tech so underscore Level Up on Twitter. Anyway, <laughs> shameless plug. Stop. <laughs> no, it's it's fine. We, we we want people to be able to find you and, and follow you on the social media and and take advantage of the things that, that you're offering up there, right? So, you know, the Level Up project is, you know, very aligned with the things that we're interested in, in promoting within the, t the technical community, right? Which is, you know, people getting, feeling like they're, you know, kind of stuck or in a rut and there's no mobility within their within their position, within their organization, but, you know, not really having the courage or the experience to go out and explore, right? Mm -hmm. Because, you know, just, I think traditionally within, uh, you know, the US, you know, you, you join a company and then it's like you, you progress up, like you're an individual contributor, maybe a team lead, eventually you have to make a decision, you know, do I want to become a manager or not, or or, or whatever, mm. right? So you're you're within a job yeah. for you know decades and decades, or within a company for decades and decades. And Nick and I both having coming out of small businesses, you know, um, into kind of the vendor world, you know, suddenly had our eyes open to the idea that wait, you know, there's more out there, yeah. right? So what you know, as you progress through your career, you know kind of opened your eyes to that and, and got you uh, started thinking about that. Okay, you know what? This is totally going to be self-serving, but I'm going to give everyone one word. This is something everyone already knows because they're listening to this, but number one thing that opened my eyes was podcasts. That literally, 
podcasts and not just listening to one but listening to several podcasts Interesting. and then hearing guests from other podcasts beyond other podcasts and then listening to their podcasts so it was like i started out with like the cloudcast you know brian delpin you know or aaron delpin brian gracely <laughs> they're gonna hate me for getting their names wrong and i went back to their first episodes when they said that only one <laughs> no one but our mothers are listening to this episode i listened to two of brian and aaron i listened to that one too and and listening to that and just starting to take yourself down all the different paths and look at all the different possibilities. And so I was not really in, I thought I was in tech, but I was in sort of legal technique, tech vertical. And I didn't realize until I worked for a technology vendor in Silicon Valley, I had no idea what it really was like to be in tech. And there was a huge, it's funny because it's it feels like a small world, but at the same time, there's a huge amount of possibility. And it's overwhelming. And that's a real, you know, one of the reasons why I started the V Trail map was because I was lost, quite frankly. Because there was everything from, you know, you know, the, you know, Eric's V blogs, you know, site, which is like a billion links. And I would freak out going, oh, my God, where do I even start? You know, oh, William Lamb, let me start with Duncan. Ep- I don't know who to, to do. Where, who do I subscribe to? What podcast do I listen to? So I, starting with podcasts was a nice, easy way to kind of like figure out a few people who to follow on Twitter, you know, starting with Twitter, some of the basic pieces. And that opened my eyes quite a bit. And then when I started like looking at, well, how do I get involved in, you know, all these other things, I I started the, you know, the VTrail map because I just, I, I thought there was something already like that. So I talked to Brad Tompkins of VMUG. I talked to John Troyer. I talked to a bunch of people and said, hey, where's this guide? Where, where do I start? Where, just give me one place where I can just kind of get my feet wet. And they're like, that's a really good idea. Maybe we should create something like that. <laughs> and so I created it just just out of that because I because I myself wanted to get involved. And so one of the, the number one thing that you have to do is you have to be curious. And if you're listening to this podcast, if you're hearing my words, you're probably already curious. But take that up 10x. Don't just listen to one podcast, listen to three podcasts. And even if you can't listen to all of them, don't feel like you have to listen to all of them with a regularity. Get just read blogs, get out there. You know, if you're gonna, if you really want to open your, expand your view of the what's possible, you just have, you have to listen to different people who have done it and, and sort of listen and say, does that sound fun? You know, if I'm professional services or I'm in a technical role, do I want to be in professional services? And if I'm in professional services, maybe I want to be in a content creation role and marketing. Because let me tell you, marketing has a whole lot of money and they're not afraid to start giving it away to people. You know, that's some people meet like, okay, you know, you're selling your soul to the devil. Some people think that. And if you're in product marketing, it might feel a little dirty sometimes. Okay. But just, you know, just take a shower every day. It's, it's all right. It's okay. Every day. But every, every day. <laughs> Wash your hands, use hand sanitizer, wear a mask every day. But there, it's, it's all about what you want to do. So, I mean, I like that question of how do you start to expand your horizon? How do you start to figure out what you might actually be interested in? And so just walk through, walk through your day or walk even through your life and start to say what, what things that when I did it, and not just like, don't, and the whole thing of following your passion. Okay, that's, that, is, that is a recipe for sort of disillusionment. So don't do that, oh, I have to have my passion. Well, then maybe you should play guitar and, you know, on the street. Or something like that. If that's your passion, then you know you're not going to make a lot of money doing it. You may not be able to buy a house, but maybe you'll be happy. I don't know. What I I have subscribed to is that you show up, you do the work, and then you find the passion. And that's what you do by showing up, by showing discipline, drip by drip, day by day, one foot in front of the other, and that finds your passion. And if you are walking and you're on you're in a role where you're like, you know what, I feel like this is a dead end, just like you guys said, this is a dead end. I don't feel like it's going anywhere, then that's not where your passion is. Then you need to show up somewhere else. You need to do something else. 
And then you need to look at what, when I showed up one day and I did X, Y, or Z, what was that, you know, did, what gave me that most value? What got me most excited? What you know, sparked my imagination? Was it working on a new technology or was it some people get super excited about taking, you know, a stack, like an application stack or something and just like, you know, you know, transitioning, you know, uh, application design platform to like a manifest focused, you know, infrastructure and design, you know, um, you know, approach like, hey, look at let's just create, let's just launch a manifest. Let's do something simple. And let's, you know, whether like, you know, whether you're a pioneer, whether you're a settler or whether you're a city planner, you know, that whole, you know, that whole framework, find out where you, you know, where you want to fit. There's no shame in, you know, in really loving ITIL because there's lots of organizations that will love you if you're an ITIL or Six Sigma addict. And if that's the work you love to do and you love to show up and you love to be consistent, and you love to execute it, then do that. But then find the organization where they can let you do that in a way that you want to do it. If you're just stuck in a box and doing that over and over again, then yeah, you're not you're not in a place that's going to feed you know what you need. You're not you don't have oxygen. There's no oxygen in that organization for you. So you have to continue to to search. And so yes, blogs, podcasts, and then get involved. I mean, you know, say that you want to join a podcast, make comment on a blog, share blogs, get in conversations with people on Twitter, and you'll find uh, more often than not that the generosity out there in the community is so deep that you will get any support or information that you could possibly ever need. Here's so there you go. Question There's uh, my two cents. What if I feel like my lack of oxygen is coming from being too busy and kind of burned out at the office <laughs> and I don't, I don't want to have yeah. to do extra work when I get home? Yeah. What's your advice for that person? Yeah, it's, I can't count how many conversations I've had about this because burnout is very, very real. And because people um, in IT organizations are asked to do more with less every single year. That is like the biggest trope. That is the biggest cliche because it's true. Uh, and that's everyone from CIOs to database admins are asked to do more with less. They're like, you know, I was working a 12 hour day and then I had to work a 14 hour day and then, you know, I don't see my kids anymore. That is extremely real. And those positions, when you're really in that situation where you feel like you're on a treadmill and you can't get off of it and you don't even have enough time to like, you know, to get enough actual treadmill, maybe if you want to get exercise or go on walks or do any of those things, that's a very, very real problem. And when you're there, you're, that's a health issue. And when you're feeling burnt out and you're feeling like you don't even have enough time to complete the work that's already being asked of you to just do the basic components of your role, that's already a red flag. If you're super excited about it, if it gives you lots of passion, you're like, you know what? I can't wait to get up to the next day. I can't wait to see what's possible. Well, then that's a high quality problem. I run into that all the time because I create more things that I need to do than it can actually be done. But I'm creating them. I'm the genesis of that. If you're finding that other people are putting other things upon you that you, A, don't want to do, and B, need to require more time you know, in your day than you actually have physically, even just during work time, let alone now encroaching on your family time, that's a huge red flag. Um, and I'd say, yes, that's indeed a, you know, something where, you know what, just to even get oxygen, you have to move to a different role or a different organization. That's it. That's already, you're saying, look, if, you know, cause, cause there's a lot of fear when people say, Hey, look at, I feel overwhelmed. The last thing you want to do is go to your manager and say, Hey, look, I feel overwhelmed. I need more slack. Can I get more help? That's nobody wants to do that. So if you feel like you're in that situation, the next thing is just like, you know what, I need to start looking for something different. And whether that's doing the same thing in another company and possibly looking for a different culture, that's one. Another option is, you know, looking for something that's completely different and then starting to reach out to people. And that's one thing you can do. Even if you've, your day is packed, you can still send an email out. You can still send a DM out and ask, hey, John, hey, Nick, what would it be like if I worked for Google Cloud and got a 
commuter pillow. Would that be nice? Would I like that? <laughs> yeah, how's that commute now, John? <laughs> you know, work from home has really solved my commute issue. So yeah, I'm, it's you know, pretty that's, awesome. That's one one side effect. One side effect. Yeah, I, I really like that. So it's interesting, you know, to unpack that. It sounds like, you know, listening to podcasts, consuming content that was out there, you know, just to learn more. Like that's you're already starting a path and a journey, right? So so that's one thing, and then uh, initiating the two way conversation, right? So commenting on a blog, um, you know, following uh, and actually saying something on a Twitter thread, that that's a, that's something. And then analyzing yourself, like, you know, the way that Nick asked and saying, like, if, if I don't have the time and energy to actually put into doing those things, well, then that's a sign that you should have been doing it all along or have, you needed to have started that journey a little bit earlier. But, you know, the, it's, it's never too late. Right. Yeah. Never too late. Like the ancient proverb is, like the, the proverb is, the best time to plant a tree was 10 years ago. The next best time is right now. So if you're listening to this, you're listening to John and Nick and myself, um, the best time to do what you're thinking about doing is now. If you can't do it now, then reshuffle your life in some certain way. So there's only three things you can do in any situation. You can accept it, you can change it, or you can leave. Choose one of those. If you don't choose one of those, then you have absolutely nothing to complain about. If you choose one, like accepting, I mean, that means you have to stop complaining, you have to really accept it. Um, you know, If you wanna change it, well then you have to actually change, you have to do something, actually do something about it, then stop complaining because you're doing something about it. Or you leave, you say, you know what? I don't wanna do the situation. But look at any situation in your life, it doesn't have to be just your job, there's only three things you can do. But you have to choose one, or else all you're in is just, is just some complaining purgatory. If you're not choosing one of those and really doing it with intent, and really choosing them, not half-heartedly choosing it. You have to really choose it. If you want to accept it, then boom, accept it. Say, you know what? I have to take care of my kids. I have to pay my mortgage. I'm gonna, I'm gonna stay here for two more years. And I'm gonna. Then you give yourself to it fully. But then when the tears comes up, you better have prepared yourself for whatever you want, choice you want to do next, and you make that declarative choice, and then you move on. Otherwise, you're you're really uh, accepting. The status quo that is you're just going along with it without yeah. actually having making make uh made that active choice yeah and you're just you're kind of like sort of wallowing in unconsciousness and just sort of you know just you know sort of mired in this flow and then then all sorts of bad you know effects come from that you know you just you you feel like you're not appreciated you feel like you're being taken advantage of all these different things come from that but if you declaratively choose one of those then you can take control of that and then you can see as, you know, hey, the situation's doing something for me instead of, you know, doing something to me. And it totally, don't get me started on whole like consciousness, unconsciousness, because I'll get super deep and spiritual on you, even though this is an IT podcast. what you said now upon you know the second or third listening now uh, what you meant by the history of the level up project i guess i had heard about that and even you know gone through some of the stuff that you know has been put out there by level up but i hadn't really heard about the history um, from yadin or kind of his philosophical pitch on that um, i also liked his 
addressing the the issue of uh, professional burnout. Um, that's something that we've been talking about very recently uh, in past episodes, which we can uh, reference in the show notes. Um, uh, but, you know, he just had a lot of things to say about the things that are most relevant to, you know, what we're trying to address today. Certainly. I actually liked what he said about sometimes we ourselves create tasks that maybe we didn't have to put on our plate, but it's oftentimes the, it's the task that others put on your plate that you may like or not like that should let you make the determination of whether you want to stay, leave, or change things after Mm -hmm. you stay. I actually really liked what he said about podcasts being a gateway to meeting a lot of new people, getting a lot of opinions about the types of careers that are out there, and that kind of led up to the Level Up Project Genesis. Just really interesting. You know, imagine if we had this podcast back when he was looking, John. We could have helped him. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're, we're trying to, to help our past selves, right? Like, that's kind of uh, one of the main... Uh, our main idea is like, if only we had this podcast when we were going through this process, right? No kidding. Cool. Yeah. Um, I also like to, you know, I think you referenced it, the like accept, uh, change or, or get out, right. That, that framing. Okay. Um, speaking of getting out, uh, anything else before we get out of here? No, sir. I have to make a choice and my choice is to get out of here. Just a reminder that we'd like people to subscribe and give us a positive review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. We want to know if we're being helpful and are always looking for interesting questions to ponder. We're collectively on Twitter at Nerd Journey. Awesome. Well, farewell listeners. Tune in next time as the journey continues. I'm John White at B Journeyman for Nick Cordy at Network Nerd underscore signing off. Adios.